Welcome to the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Saturday. It's week seven of college football, and that means it's our week seven preview and predictions show. So thank you for joining us today. As always, we will break down four or five of the top games of the week, break it down, give you some keys to look for throughout the game, and then also give you a prediction at the end. So that way you can kind of have an idea of what's going to happen and just know what to expect in all these all these games of the day. So this week, not too much top-ranked matchups. There's only two this week, so not shouldn't have too much shakeup in the top 25 after this week's over, but can never say never, as we saw last week with number one going down and just some other crazy upsets and games that happened last week. So, But that's what college football is all about. That's what we love about college football, and that's why we come back each and every Saturday to watch it. So with that said, though, we're going to keep today's episode kind of short, roughly about 20 minutes. Just kind of want to make sure you have some stuff. Uh, before the before the games kick off later today. So with that said, though, we're going to start out with BYU and Baylor. This is number 19, BYU, going to visit the Baylor Bears. They're both 5-1, and one, and Baylor right now is a six-point favorite. And this game is going to be at 3.30 on ESPN, so you know what to look for in this game. We know where to find this game. So with that said, though, this is BYU. They're coming in after their first loss of the year. They dropped a game 26-17 to Boise State. And boy, did that offense look bad. And that's the thing that I always thought was going to catch up with them at some point in time was that offense because we saw them win for a while. And while I had them in my top 10 this past week, their defense is good enough, and they can obviously control a game, but at some point, I mean, even they're, even in this game, their defense didn't do that bad, but at some point, your offense is going to struggle where you can't just constantly control the game, and when you don't have off, an offense that can consistently put up points or consistently move the ball, this is the type of game that happens, and it makes it even worse when you have four turnovers to go with it, and so for them, that was very uncharacteristic of them. They've taken care of the ball well this year. They've been able to really manage the game well. And I think that that really just came back to bite them this week, not being able to to consistently move the ball. So for them, I mean, for for this game, I mean, can they rebound? Can they protect the ball? Can you know, will BYU show that they are a superior team? Because I'm telling you right now, this Baylor team is a really good football team, and their only loss comes earlier on against. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Oklahoma State they lost to. So a good football team there. But with that said, though, their only loss was very very close from the game that they lost and I mean they just shown that they have a really good offense so they've been able to consistently almost put up 300 yards a game on the ground and their quarterback's doing a real good job being able to pick his spots and be very efficient when they needed him to so that is it's kind of looking rough for BYU I think in this game how it kind of comes out you got guys that obviously want to win kind of want to rebound but you have to go to Baylor in this matchup and try to be able to score with them because even though I know BYU's defense is really really good the thing is, Baylor's defense is good as well, and if they can slow down BYU like BYU was slowed down last week, maybe force one or two turnovers in this game. It, I mean, Baylor may be looking at another ups, maybe looking at an upset this week and be able to find themselves back in the top twenty-five. And like I said, Dave Aranda has done a really good job there. He's built this team back up. They had a terrible first year last year, but there's a lot of stuff that went into that. You had COVID going on last year not being able to recruit like you usually do, not being able to have spring practice. You had all those problems that happened last year, so we gave him a free pass that last year. But this year, he's obviously taken that team to an, a, the next step, and they've done a good job in that. So I really like what I see from Baylor. They've really improved this year. And BYU, for me, 
they're a good team, but like I said, are you going to be able to score with some of these better offenses out there? And like I said, for me, it's really hard to pick BYU in this game just for the simple fact that they're going to be on the road. It's going to be a tough crowd to play in front of. So for me, I just don't think BYU can score enough. So for me in this game, I got Baylor winning this one 31-21. to And I still I mean, I think this is going to be a good game. I, this is at 3.30 time slot, so midday, obviously, a lot of people are going to be tuning in for this one. But I really think Baylor really comes out and shows that they are a top 25 team because even with that 5-1 and one record, they've beaten some decent teams. They beat Iowa State earlier on. And so you're sitting here looking at them, and they're wondering, even with that one loss to a higher-ranked team, why they're not in the top 25, to me, that doesn't make sense. So I think they got a point to prove as well. So that's a matchup I'll definitely be checking in with, and we'll obviously have an update for you later on that. But moving on from there, next game up that we're going to talk about, we got the Auburn Tigers, who are 4-2, visiting the number 17 Arkansas Razorbacks, who are also 4-2. Arkansas is favored in this game at with by four and a half points this game is supposed to come on at 12 o'clock eastern time on cbs and for this game i mean there's just a lot of factors that really go into this game and it's to me i think the biggest one is though is just which offense can win it because both of their defenses have really struggled i would say over over stretches of the season auburn's defense i would say well let's just take that let me take this let me say it this way i think both defenses have struggled a good bit in certain stretches and the bad part is the stretches have happened here recently Auburn giving up 34 to Georgia last week and then Arkansas last week giving up it was 50 something to Ole Miss so you're sitting here you're looking at it both defenses have struggled which team can really I mean get after it offensively whichever team can put up a lots of yards can be able to throw the ball around can really get the run game going and in this game, I think it's going to be – I think you're really going to see, I mean, both phases of offense, passing attack and rushing attack from Arkansas. I don't think you're going to see a passing – or really a passing game from Auburn because I really – if Bo Nix is out there, I do not trust Auburn whatsoever. We saw – I mean, I, a lot of people raved after, about him after the LSU game where they won 24-19, to barely squeaked out a win against a really bad LSU team. And we're saying that he was Johnny Manziel-like, and that's the type of, He's nowhere near Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel went a Heisman. That's disrespectful to Johnny Manziel. Bo Nix, I think, should be the second string behind T.J. Flynn. And the one game that T.J. Flynn played in, he brought them back against a, a mediocre Georgia State team. But, I mean, they were down in that game, and he was able to win it for them with a minute left. And then since then, he's been benched. You have one good game from Nix, and then last week against Georgia, he looked absolutely terrible. I mean, he has no touch on the ball. He doesn't know how to step up in the pocket. He was sacked multiple times. That's him trying to run 50 yards away from the the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's just bad play. I mean, there's no – he doesn't know how to throw the ball away. It's just bad QB play. And so when it comes down to this, I really think you'll see a heavy rush attack from Auburn with Tank Bigsby. I think you really expect them to – really try to pound the ground game because Arkansas has given up a ton of yards in that department to both Ole Miss and Georgia over the last two games. So if you're Auburn, you like your shot against their rush, you know, against their rushing defense, and I think that's the way you'll see Auburn go because I just don't think there's much trust in Bo Nix. And then I think you could really get something, like I said, going with T.J. Flynn, but I just don't know if Brian Harson can really be man enough to pull the trigger when it comes to that. Because, I mean, it, this is year three of Bo Nix. He's not just magically going to become some Heisman-level quarterback next year. Now, I'm not saying, like I said, not saying it couldn't ever happen, but I, I just don't see it. There hasn't been enough progression in this game from year one to now. I just don't see too much. 
And I thought there was some at the beginning of the season, but it's shown later on as the season progresses. It was just who they played against. They were worse, and obviously when we play good competition, they continue. he's continued to just level off. And uh, so with that said, though, battle of offense is on the other side. I think you'll be able to see both sides of the game from Arkansas because obviously everyone trusts K.J. Jefferson over there at Arkansas, and that was proven once again last week and what he did against Ole Miss. He managed that offense perfectly. He can hit the deep ball. He's very accurate. He can run the ball dual threat he's a really really good quarterback and so you have that trust over there at Arkansas and I think that's a big big part of how why they can have success in this game and this is just a this is a big game overall for Arkansas because if you can win this you obviously still stay one game away in the SEC West you're only behind Ole Miss and Alabama at this point so you stay within reaching distance but you also help move your ranking up nationally you look like a better team it helps with recruiting there's a lot of stuff that goes into it obviously big game for Auburn as well but for them I just don't think this is as big as a game for them because they're in the first year of rebuilding with Brian Harsons so for them, I, I just think Arkansas at being at home and have, trusting K.J. Jefferson and having the better quarterback I think is going to put them over the top. And so, I, like I said, seeing a lot of offensive attack from Arkansas I, th- I definitely think is what you'll see happen tomorrow. I don't think you'll see too much defense. You might see it in stretches from teams. And maybe Arkansas comes out and has one of those defensive performances that we thought, you know, we – we thought how good you know we thought they were going to be really good at from the beginning of the season. So maybe they'll come out and they'll show us one of those performances like they did earlier on. But to me, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this would be a higher scoring game. So for this one, I got Arkansas winning 34-24. I think you'll see maybe Arkansas be able to pick off Bo Nix once or twice and really be able to put the pressure on Auburn and later in that game. So I got Arkansas pulling away, moving to five and two. This should be a big win for them. But moving on from there, next game up, we got. Oklahoma State at number well number twelve Oklahoma State they're five and zero versus number twenty five Texas Longhorns who are four and two Texas is favored by four in this game and I know a lot of people were saying how the heck is a number twenty five team favored over number twelve well I can tell you right now it's because Texas even though they have lost two games the one that they lost last week they shouldn't have lost they should have won that game and then the other loss they lost obviously to a number seventeen Arkansas team so there Texas is a really good football team they got a lot they got a really really good offense. So for them, obviously, this is this is why they're favored in this one. This game's going to be at noon at on Fox, so big noon game for them. Uh, in this game, though, it's going to come down to offense again, I think, as well, because I just don't know if Oklahoma State's – I know their defense has improved this year. I just don't, still don't know if you can slow down that Texas – that Texas offense, and I think the only team that has been able to slow down that Texas offense so far this year has been Arkansas in that game where they won. But at the same time, though, I felt like a lot of that was self-inflicted from Texas. So I think they've kind of figured it out. We saw them be able to go, you know, have an offensive explosion against Oklahoma, but choke that game away. But I I think this is going to be a very, very high-scoring game. We know Oklahoma State can score with their QB Spencer Sanders. He can he can do a lot of different things on that offense, make it really hard for a defense to really get stops. So this game heavily offensive favored. Now Texas for them, they really got to get back to trusting B. John Robinson, maybe make some more movement up front for that offensive line, be able to get him some space, be able to get him to run. Now obviously Casey Thompson moving into that that number one spot at the quarterback position for Texas has made an improvement as well but you're not your offense is only going to go as far as Bijan can carry them so for them I think you'll see a little bit of restructuring on that offensive line hopefully be able to create some more space from for him to run and I think that's going to be key in this game I think another key and 
I really like to go with home teams in these types of matchups because I feel like home field advantage is just so big in college football. I think it's really the only only sport I would say that really home field advantage matters just about as much as any facet of the game. You see teams that go on the road like Alabama last week against Texas, Texas A&M, and completely just fall apart, have multiple off, mean, oh, multiple fault start penalties, uncharacteristic penalties that you wouldn't normally have. And I think a lot of that factors into how loud these crowds can get when you have hundreds of thousands of fans there. And it gets a lot of these younger guys in their heads. They mess up. They're just they're not detailed in how their approach to the game is. And so for this, with Texas being at home, I really do like them in this scenario because I think their offense is going to have that punch. But for Oklahoma State, I feel like this is their really big first test in this matchup. Like, I mean, I know they beat Baylor earlier on. They've, they've played some decent teams. But when I say good teams, I'm talking about blue blood college football teams where you go on the road and you really punch someone in the mouth and show that you're worthy of that number 12 ranking. Because while they are, like I said, number 12, it's kind of just been like a slow movement up, but it's just been beating some very, I'd say, middle-of-the-road teams that could be good, could be bad type scenarios. So this would be a real big test for them to see if they are as good as a lot of people think they are. And I think they got a good shot as well, though, because we're sitting here looking, like I said, we know this Texas offense is good, but this Texas defense has been bad. They gave up 55 last week to Oklahoma, and a lot of that was just in the second half when they put a decent quarterback in over Spencer Rattler, who could actually move the ball. So... Sitting here looking at it, 106 nationally for this Texas defense. Oklahoma State shouldn't have too many problems being able to, I'd say, move the ball, especially with Spencer Sanders being there. I think he should be able to, if Texas is able to get pressure, he'll be able to elude out of that, be able to get the throw off, be able to move that offense up the field. So I think you're really expecting a really, really high-scoring matchup in this, especially with the type of, like I said, type of game. I mean, these type of offenses both of these teams carry. And... One of them being, I think, just one of the better offenses in the league, and the other one being good, just against a really bad defense. So, but like I said, with Texas being at home, I do like this them in this one. I think their defense will step up in moments when they absolutely need to, and be able to. I mean, be able to get the stop when they need to. But at the same time, though, this could just be a scenario of whoever just has the ball last wins this game. So, I mean, I could definitely see it that, but I really think Texas defense can step up once or twice be able to get a stop maybe early in the game, you know, middle of the road where it really gives them a chance to get just a touch of separation where it allows them to come out with this win. So I got Texas winning this game 45-41. to 41. So a lot of offense. I think you'll see a very similar game in this one than, like you did last week against against Oklahoma for Texas. So winning this game by four points, that'll be a big win for Texas to be able to see them move farther up in the rankings because they're not a bad team. They're only two losses have come against some really good football teams. So for them, you, I mean – this is just a big matchup for them to show that they can still hang in there in the Big 12 and be able to possibly and possibly uh, move up and be able to get to a Big 12 title game and play Oklahoma again later on. But with that said, moving on, this is the biggest game of the week. I mean, there's no doubt because, there's, like I said, there's not too many too many top 25 matchups this week. But this one, we almost got a top 10 matchup. We got number one. We got number 11, Kentucky, 6-0, and versus number one, Georgia, who is also 6-0. and This one, Georgia, is a big favorite in this Georgia is favored by three touchdowns at this point 21 and a half and I know a lot of people who complained about this line when it first came out and I'm sitting there thinking to myself looking at that line at first it didn't sit well with me because at first it came out at like 24 and a half that's still high and it's not much different than what it is now it didn't sit well with me at, at first but going back watching 
some of their stuff and what they've done, looking at who Georgia has beat and looking how they've obviously won convincingly in all their games but the uh, the first game against Clemson, I don't see how you don't feel comfortable picking Georgia by this many points. Because, like I said, it's been blowout after blowout. They People keep saying, oh, Georgia hasn't been tested yet. Who else do you want them to play besides Alabama? I mean, I'm, I'm serious. It's the same running thing I've heard every single week. Who, you know, who has Georgia played yet? Georgia hasn't played anybody. Who do you want them to play? I mean, they've already beat the number – at the time, Arkansas was number eight in the country. You beat Clemson, who was number three in the country. Then you also beat Auburn, who was number 18 in the country. Now you turn around and play number 11, who's in the country. I mean – these teams aren't ranked where they were anymore because Georgia obviously beat the crap out of them. That's how this works. You lose bad, you drop back. And this shouldn't just be a knock on these teams. These teams aren't bad teams. These are decent football teams. But when you go up against a football team that should have been before this point but is now, because of the loss to Alabama, ranked number one, that's the result you should see. And Georgia has been absolutely dominant. But for me also in this game, I don't understand some people also complaining about this line for another reason, and that's because – I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Kentucky's going to be able to beat this spread. Kentucky might actually have a shot in this game. And like I said, any team has a shot. This Kentucky team is a good football team. There's a reason why they're 6-0. and They beat Florida, and they've won some games that they needed to. But at the same time, though, what have they done to prove that ranking and prove that they can really contest Georgia and the atmosphere in Athens, Georgia? They haven't. I mean, going down some of the scores, first game of the year, 45-10. They played Louisiana on the road, didn't what nobody. Barely beat Missouri, 35-28. Defense give up 20, 28 points. Kentucky plays Chattanooga. Bad, that's not that's that's lower-level team, only wins by five, 28-23. Kentucky barely scrapes by a bad South Carolina team that Georgia destroyed 40-13. to So that was 16-10 to Kentucky. Florida barely pulls out a win. Florida had some terrible turnovers. Looked like one of the, I mean, it was one of the worst offensive call games ever. Barely wins by a touchdown, but that's credit to them. Kentucky stuck it out at home. The only convincing win that I saw this year from them was last week when they played LSU. They won 42-21. It wasn't that close. LSU scored some points later on in that game. But at the same time, though, that LSU team is a bad football team. Kentucky has played no one other than Florida, and Florida, I'm still not convinced, is that great. Even that week, last week against Vanderbilt, they still didn't look good. So I'm sitting here looking at it. Why do people keep hyping up teams against this Georgia team? I, I mean, I understand Georgia has a history of dropping games when they shouldn't have, and that could happen any given week. This is college football. We talk about that. But it's time to start paying respect to the best team in the country because they are. You shouldn't keep hyping up these bad teams and just because you want it to be that way, it just doesn't work that way. Facts do not support you overhyping these teams, thinking they're going to have a shot against this, you know, against these teams. I mean, against this team. And Kentucky has done nothing to show me that they are going to be able to give Georgia a chance. I mean, actually have a chance against this Georgia team. And that's just from an analytics perspective, looking at the stats, breaking statistical perspective, breaking stuff down. And like I said, anything can happen. Kentucky could win this football game. But I just don't see it from the perspective I'm looking at, looking at stats breakdown, eye test, all that type of stuff. I'm not seeing it. And if Kentucky is going to do it, their defense is going to have to play the best game they have ever played in their life. And that is Kentucky's strength, is their defense. Their defense is good. They are very physical. They got some good players back there. Mark Stoops has done a great job of building a football team in Kentucky. They are not only a basketball school now, they are a football school as well. And it's time they they get the respect they deserve there. 
And But the thing is, their defense is going to have to play the best game they ever have. They are finally going to have to force this Georgia team into actually having some a good bit of turnovers, force them into some turnovers, some bad turnovers, and be able to flip field position and be able to find ways to score that way because this Kentucky offense also has not shown that they can go down the field and I think can score a long 80-plus yard drive like Georgia's going to pin them in because Georgia's special teams has been off the wall as well this year. They have one of the better special teams in the country. So looking at it, Kentucky's going to have to be able to go down the field and score long drives, and I just don't think their offense is set to do that. Now they have one of the better receivers in the league. I get that. But Georgia has had success being able to get after the quarterback, and while Kentucky's offensive line is strong, it does not matter. We heard all these other offensive lines were strong before they Georgia went in and played them, this Arkansas team. I mean, all these teams, Georgia is getting pressure on quarterbacks with three or four guys. If they send a real blitz, you, they're getting home. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what offensive line you put up there. Georgia is getting home if they blitz you. So I think you'll see plenty of blitzes from this Georgia defense. I think they'll be able to get after the quarterback, really get him out of – I'd say get him out of rhythm pretty quick in this game. And also, I know people keep uh, – even the Kentucky players have said this. They feel like they're better suited in this game than they were in 28 – was it 2018-2019 when the same scenario happened where it was both of these teams, similar record, battled it out in, in Lexington for who was going to be the SEC East winner. So this is a similar type of scenario. Whoever wins this will control the East the rest of the way out. And – that same matchup happened. Everyone talked, hyped up Kentucky. Georgia comes in there, smacks Kentucky 38-17, ball game, game over. Georgia walks out of there because these players have not played in this type of moment. That was the last big game that they have had, and you come into this type of game, same similar situation, new players almost you know, two, three years later, new players, new positions. It's the same type of scenario. Georgia is used to playing on the national stage. Kentucky is not. Walking into that type of atmosphere, you got 3.30 primetime CBS game. You're sitting here, I think they'll be shocked because you're even seeing it on teams like Arkansas, who teams that I feel like you trust more on offense. You know, uh, all these other teams where they just get shocked by how this Georgia atmosphere is at Athens and how riled up this Georgia defense can get. I think you'll see a similar situation there. I think you'll be able to see this Georgia team force Kentucky into one or two picks. And I think Georgia will, should have no problem, I I don't think, being able to move the ball because I really think you'll see more of an offensive passing attack from Georgia this week because we know that defensive line at Kentucky is more physical. So I think you should expect more passes from whoever's in at quarterback. They're saying it's a game-time decision because apparently JT Daniels is doing better with his shoulder. So I don't know. I'm not getting into the quarterback controversy with all that. I'll let Coach Mark decide that because – both quarterbacks have done a phenomenal job this year, and I mean, I can't really say nothing against either one of them. Do I think one gives a better shot at winning against better teams? Yes, I do. But for now, I mean, until you know JT's fully healthy, we'll you know we'll see what they decide. But with that said, though, I got Georgia pulling this one out. Let me pull up my final score for this one. Got Georgia winning this one, thirty-four to seven. I think you'll see a very similar type game that you saw against Auburn last week, where. They were able to, I think, get a couple of, you know, couple of moving drives, but then just get snuffed out quick. And I think you'll see a similar situation. I think Kentucky might be able to score this. I'd say probably first, second quarter, but then after that, I think you'd just see Georgia really just get all over this quarterback and be able to shut things down. And Georgia should walk out of here, I think, seven and zero, still number one in the nation, really cementing their spot at that position. And at that point, you're seven and zero. You only have one other ranked team left on your schedule in Florida. You, I mean, obviously, even if you lose that game, you still have the tiebreaker over Kentucky. I think this really cements who's going to be in the SEC championship game for the SEC East. So definitely a big matchup, biggest game of the week. So 
Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. But with that said, that's all I got for you this week. If you want to, I guess, see what we're going, what we've said here today, and kind of just have a quick glance over before one of these games, go to our website and find our preview and predictions article there from this week. It's the week seven one. Look at it before the game. You can go through and see who we have, all that. It's going to be at therevolutionsports.com, so go there. And if you want news updates on all these games, what the final scores are, that type of stuff, make sure you go to our website and find our social media links because that's where we will put all the breaking news from that type of stuff, uh, from these types of games on there. So that way you can follow it, get it instantly, know who won. And if that's what you're looking for, that's where the way to go. But with that said, we'll have an episode for you Monday. We'll break down these games that's happening this weekend in both NFL and college football. We'll have some political news for you as well. And we'll move on from there. But with that said, thank you for joining us today and we'll see you in the next one.